Howdy, and welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast, Episode 7. This is Rob White, Class of 2014. And this is Roy May, Fighting Tech Seggy, Class of 2015. All right, and we are finally back, and I hope everybody's having a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, got yeah, a lot of plans. people have already kicked it off. Yeah, well, it's mine, mine in particular, because I only work uh, Sunday to Thursday, so I'm off today, ready to rock and roll. Hopefully have a good weekend. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, we're we're actually taking a trip uh, out west of San Antonio. I've got a, a little golf tourney, a little golf scramble. We're going to play and get out of the house and pray that the weather holds up. I know it's gonna. We're gonna coming back Sunday night and we're gonna grill and everything. So Sunday night I may have to go into emergency, build a gazebo mode over my grill. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, with the weather coming in this weekend, it's supposed to be pretty nasty from what I'm hearing especially on Memorial Day itself, yeah, which is unfortunate. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, nature? I, nor- I normally put up uh, – I've got this really big American flag. I normally put it on my roof. Um, but uh, when the weather's bad, I don't want to put it up there just because I got it a long time ago um, from a buddy of mine. And it was from like a uh, – they were building a neighborhood, and it was the model home. And they had these massive – they had a massive American and Texas flag. Mm. And uh, and he was out there helping build and everything. And once they finished, uh, they just gave him the flags. So uh, he took the Texas one, and I got the the U.S. And it's it's large. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I can't replace it. That flag's probably a three thousand dollar flag. Yeah. Um, no, those things don't and, go for cheap at all. So I, big so, flags. So I don't want it to get too faded. So when the weather stinks, unfortunately, I don't put it up. Yeah, that's completely fair. I'm definitely looking forward uh, myself. I think me and a couple of buddies uh, might go down to uh, Green this weekend because the rivers are open. So we might go do a little floating tomorrow, which will be there nice. Uh, we were originally supposed to play a show this weekend, but uh, that did fall through. Uh, yeah. But that you know, happens. It's first weekend back. You know, They're still oh, trying yeah. to figure out logistics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, – Man, dude, floating the river, that's it's like the original social distancing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And not to mention, um, yeah, we, we're all set up from the last time we went, so I've got all my gear. I got my river shoes, got my beer, got everything else. So, uh, yeah, no, I honestly think uh, that should be a pretty fun little trip. Uh, well, well and, and, and this is the weekend to plan trips, right? You know, oh, yeah. Memorial Day school is, is over. This always really marks the beginning of summer. I remember you know, Memorial Day is when the pools, you know, the neighborhood pools open. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, so I, I wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about Memorial Day, <clears throat> but I want to talk a little bit about um, like trips, man. The yeah. end of school means vacations and trips. And so uh, and I also just watched um lampoon vacation the other day so you know <laughs> yeah, that's always good <laughs> yeah so uh so like what was did y'all have like a summer trip y'all took or like a you know it's officially the summer or like a big family trip in the summers y'all used to take you know because i know a lot of families kind of have a tradition they do right so i actually really benefited from the fact that um uh, my family actually really didn't have um a lot in the ways of a set date to actually go travel um typically uh what we would do uh, if we were traveling, um, you know, as opposed to like what I was saying, you know, um, as opposed to a traditional travel date where we would just go do one thing every year, um, I was pretty blessed that my family actually had a pretty good set schedule of doing something different every year, which was nice. So we always made it a point to go out and, you know, I think we've made some West Coast trips, um, 
going out to, um, I think we did Disneyland whenever we were younger. Um, I think one year we did kind of a historical trip. So we went kind of the northern corner of New Mexico with like Mesa Verde and all that other fun stuff up there, Grand Canyon. Um, so that was pretty cool. But um, in particular, when we got into college, uh, I think probably one of my favorite trips, we started getting a little more bold with the trip. So we finally made it up to Alaska. Um, we did that as a cruise, um, and we made it all the way down. Um, you know, we did Hawaii a couple times. So, um, yeah, no, but typically right around that beginning of the year, uh, we tend to have a fun trip, whether it's mountainous or beachy. Um, my mom prefers beachy, so <laughs> we end up doing that quite a bit. And we, and we scuba dive quite a bit. So, oh. yeah, no, my, yeah, we, uh, we enjoy doing that. It's a good time. Yeah, we, uh. Yeah, like kind of marking the beginning of the summer was always, um, yeah, well, Memorial Day weekend, obviously with my dad being a veteran and, um, you know, we did the stuff at home and everything. Uh, You know, the trips to Splashtown growing up, water park outside of, uh, you know, trips to Splashtown. um, But uh, we we never went on a ton of of vacation. The summertime was really time for us to go see... um, you know, my two late grandmothers, one lived in Gilmer, one lived in Sherman and, mm-hmm. and, you know, growing up, the speed limits aren't what they were or or they, they weren't what they are now. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, it was like four and a half, five hours at Gilmer, you know, Sherman's a solid hour, hour and a half North of Dallas back then. Right. So, uh, so, but we always, you know, spent some time with my grandparents, but you know, when it comes to like vacations and trips, uh, oh, we'd always go to either the lake or the beach every summer. Uh, that was right. one thing we did, but the one the one family trip I will always remember and um and it, oddly enough it wasn't uh it wasn't a summer it was actually a spring break trip but it kind of fits into that whole pack the family into the car and drive across country kind of thing yeah so <clears throat> my dad uh so he did 30 active uh, he did 11 uh, excuse me he did 30 years of service retired he did 11 active and 19 reserve mm-hmm. and so I grew up my dad was still in the reserves and uh, and Desert Storm popped off, and my dad got called to active duty. Right. And uh, he got stationed at McDill Air Force Base in Tampa with uh, Special Operations Command. It's uh, called SOCOM. And it was crazy. He had an office like two or three doors down from Schwarzkopf's office. Like SOCOM was, you know, those are, that's all the Special Operations guys, SF Ranger, all that stuff falls under, you know, Delta, all that stuff falls under SOCOM. And, uh, but, you know, you know, being where he was in his career and his age, he's not, it's not like they're going to, send him over to be a platoon leader, not to mention his rank, you know, far out. He, he got a platoon leading in Vietnam, but, um, but, uh, but so he filled kind of the, the more of an admin type role and dude, it was in Tampa, like, it was in right. Tampa St. Pete. So we all packed into the car for spring break and, uh, and drove from spring to Tampa in my mom's, oh gosh, what was it? A grand marquee. It was white and it had like the blue fake leather. Too. It was, it was, just one of the classic, you know, right. everybody's got there. Remember that family car car. Yeah. Um, but so myself and my two sisters, uh, I, I, I remember this vividly. We're in the garage getting ready to leave. And my two sisters are in the back seat and I'm in the front seat. And, uh, it was just rambunctious. We're just being kids. We're getting ready to go somewhere we've never been, right. you know? And, and I think everybody understood that we were about to be packed into a car for 15 hours together. Right. And, and uh, and we, I remember the little basketball goals you used to put on your door in your room. Oh yeah. Okay, and remember how you get them that were also like the suction cup ones. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I grabbed one of those for the trip and I put it on the front windshield so my sisters could shoot over my head. <laughs> and, uh, and we started that in the car. Like she had just turned, in fact, I don't even know if she turned the car on, but we in the car and we're just being rambunctious and being idiots. We're in the garage and my mom turns around and screams, if you don't shut up, I will turn this car around and we just won't go. And first of all, I don't know how you're going to turn it around. We haven't gone anywhere. Right. But, but the concept of we just won't go to visit your father who you haven't seen, you know, in Tampa. But it was like the, the classic, I'll turn this car around, you know. Yeah. And, but I remember that just clear as day. But the trip was, you know, it was a long, a long trip. You know what? Another trip, a summer trip I remember is I went to my sister's uh, commencement at West Point. Okay. And to get my sister's car home. Uh, you know, my parents flew up and back. We all flew up there, and then we drove back with. So myself and my two sisters drove back uh, from West Point to Texas, mm-hmm. and we kind of took a little bit of the scenic route. That was the first time I'd truly seen Kentucky's blue grass. I I remember that. That was the first time um, I'd ever been to the tomb in Arlington. Mm-hmm. I remember doing that. Uh, we went to Atlanta, and the so we had this fun trip. And my sisters, so I'm the youngest of three. Um, we're four and six years apart in school, five and seven in age. And because um, I made the cutoff for, uh, uh, you know, to be, you know, in my class year by like a couple weeks. Right. But um, so, I, and we, man, just like siblings, we didn't necessarily get along real well. And, and it was two on one, two girls against the baby boy. And, um, and, uh, but I, I remember that trip. We just had such a great time. And it was, um, yeah, we really all got along, and it was weird because we really all got along for an entire drive from West Point, New York, to Texas. But uh, that's probably those two are, are my most memorable like family trips. Um, you know, I see pictures and I I remember some stuff like going down to Galveston and you know, getting my first sunburn, you know, and, yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, um, yeah, those were like the two big family trips I always remember, and 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 now that stuff's opening up. You know, people can go more places now. You know, parks and everything. Yeah, no, we'll say there was one spot that we always would go in the summer, and this more or less kind of marked our beginning and end. You know, now that it's coming back to mind, uh, it wasn't a long trip. It was about two hours away, but we would go up to Ruidoso, New Mexico, up there in the mountains, and uh, you know, they have a racetrack, casino. It's always a little bit cooler up there, um, but you know, they had you know, racetracks and restaurants, and it's fantastic. It's a great spot to visit. But the best part, there was always thunderstorms overnight, and the temperature was always about, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 degrees lower than it was down where we're used to being. So that was a nice little reprieve during the summer to get away from the heat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and we um, – you know, we all had sports and stuff. That, you know, yeah. the base, you know, summer meant – baseball for me you know little league same here um and then you know once i got into middle school and high school it's it's you start up at two a days and uh you know mowing in the 105 degree heat in texas and and the humidity along with it and it's uh this summer is there's just there's so many great memories about summer and and i'm a firm believer in this when it comes to would you rather be hot and sweaty or would you rather be cold and here's the deal like i Hot and sweaty is uncomfortable. It's miserable. It's uncomfortable. I get it. Cold is painful, dude. Like, once my fingers get numb, it hurts. Like, it's painful. I will make an argument with, to that. I will argue all day. I, I will argue this. I can, I can keep on putting layers. 
you know, layers can keep getting thrown on. Yeah, but but at some point they don't do anything. Once you can't keep your body warm, another layer actually is detrimental to you getting warm. <laughs> Let me get to my point. You can keep on putting layers. Yeah, the layers can keep going on, but I can only strip down so far before it becomes indecent exposure. And nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Well, no, but uh, dude, as long as you're drinking water, like you can live through the heat. You'll live through it, man. Like yeah. I get, I get, like there's heat exhaustion. So, but dude, being hot and sweaty, it is what it is. But like when you walk outside, and and I know people not from like the Houston area or, or the coastal region. You know, they always say they they get off the plane and the humidity hits them in the face. Oh yeah. But dude, cold is pain. Like my toes and fingers have never gotten numb in the summer. Mm-hmm. Ever. Like, I've never had to go, never had to think, man, if I stay outside too long without a, without a mask on, will my nose fall off? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, I will say this. I mean, just with uh, with my history, um, you know, being from the desert, I'm, I'm used to it being hot, you know. But, you know, that's well, 100. Cold. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 110 degree heat. But, oh, but you here, know, here, come, here comes that. It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. No, I mean, uh-huh. it's really not bad. I mean, truly. I mean, it just it feels hot and you just are used to just everything around you being hot. But it's tolerable. And the temperature will drop at night. Down here, there's no such thing. It is in the 80s by the time the sun goes down and it stays there. That is not natural. That's incorrect. I hate that. Big, big baby. I'm not used to this humidity, man. I will say I've I've acclimated to it because now when I go back home to New Mexico, the the change in altitude and the dry air actually causes me to get nosebleeds. Like after a few days while I'm there, it's it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's I can deal with just about anything. The most miserable condition in life to me is cold and rainy, like truly cold. And it, dude, once once you're chilled to the bone, it takes hours to warm back up. Cooling sure. cooling down just requires a little bit of shade and a breeze. Yeah. Well, see, I'm built like a beluga whale, so cold and wet doesn't really bother me much. <laughs> well, it's yeah. I mean, I, I grant, I get, it. I I grew up in it, but everybody's like, I love people always. Hey, dude, we're going snow skiing. Yeah. Uh, no, no, y'all are. I'll go to the resort and I'll sit inside by the fire and drink and watch. Someone break out a guitar and give me the hot cocoa. Yeah, let's go have some fun in the snow. Like that's not a sentence in my world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it 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 is when we get snow here because you know in another twenty five years when we get enough snow to stick here in college I'll be like, hey, I'll go build a snowman, and then then I'll be content for a couple more decades. I'm good, man, and and I get like. You know, I got to have my seasons and dude, I've been, you know, on the East coast, Northeast in the fall and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've also been in the Northeast and I've been in Chicago in February and there's nothing beautiful about that. And there's nothing enjoyable about that. No, that's a raw, miserable cold. Forget that. It is. It's it just, it's cold. It's miserable. The sun doesn't shine. Like there are literal medical conditions, like people that don't get enough sun. Mm-hmm. The only medical condition for getting too much sun isn't psychological. It's skin cancer. Right. You sunburn skin. Like, nobody gets depressed because it's sunny outside. Right. You know, it, you know, unless you're the kid that's grounded, and that's your own damn fault anyways. Right. But, you but like, no, your parents, kids. Oh, man, it's just too nice outside. It's done. No, man. Man, when are we ever going to see the sun? Is the snow going to melt? I'm so tired of slipping yeah. on black ice and busting my ass. Hey. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, not, not that that's happened to me like ten times, but yeah. But yeah, so I, dude, I'm a heat guy, man. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm used to about 330 days of sun a year back home. I mean, I will say this has probably been the best balance for me moving back down here to College Station because I do get plenty of rain, and it yeah. can get cooled off. And there is plenty of sun. It's just a nice balanced environment, and that's why I don't mind it here. It's just a much, much longer, humid, more humid summer for you. Accurate. Yeah, I mean, it's just what I grew up with. So, I, sure. You know, is what it but, is. Uh, yeah, I'm used to it. You know, I think that's where it probably started. I was just talking about this the other day. Um, I drink water all day. I wake up and I don't really drink coffee. I drink water all day. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I might have even talked about this on podcast for. Um, you know, it, being out doing those two days in that Texas heat in August, um, like you just, you have to drink water. You don't even, you, you don't think oh, about yeah. not drinking water. And then in the military, you have like forced hydration stuff sometimes in training, or they, at least they used to. But I mean, like in the army, you don't ever want to become a heat casualty because once you're a heat casualty, you are always labeled as one. Right. You have to have a special tag along with your dog tags. Um, you know, because once you're a heat casualty, you're more prone to become a heat casualty again. Mm-hmm. And so, man, d- 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 drinking water, staying hydrated, like I'll sweat all day. Hey, that's fine with me. It'd be a little hot, sweaty, and gross. But so, <laughs> speaking of trips, uh, and, I, and I'll just kind of roll back to that. But yeah, you know, it, this kind of blends in with with our heat conversation. So my oh, I guess it was my sophomore year uh, of high school. We actually, my marching band that I was in uh, got invited to go perform down at Disney World uh, in Orlando. Now, you know, we're we're dressed up you know, in our standard uniforms, but what was really interesting about it was we came in, and we had those old 80s-style uniforms. Uh, you know, they had the big blue jackets, the white pants, we had white shoes. You know, everything really popped on those things. And they were big, thick wool uniforms. And, we, you know, we're wearing these things in the middle of the summer in Orlando. And we were marching for three miles. Oh. That right there is my personal hell. <laughs> it was awful. But it wasn't as bad as it was for the poor band that was from Texas that came down. I don't remember where they were from. But we were wearing blue with white pants. Those poor suckers were wearing all black head to toe and hats, gloves, everything. I'm like, y'all are dumb as hell. They had like four people pass out. No, thanks. I'm shocked it was only four. Yeah, that, that man, that reminds me of being in the old guard. Yeah, that was one thing where, you know, in July and August on that plaza with the sun coming down and then radiating back up from the marble. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and and the blues in the army, the old guard gets 100% wool blues. Oof. So, oh yeah, they they've changed sunglasses. We wore the aviators. They have like some nifty new Oakleys now. They get, but it's like nice. you're out there and you're just scorched, man. You're sweating through your blouse. You're sweating through like the canvas belt, your hat, and and in the bottom of the aviators, you'd get like because uh, when you get to your shades, you actually bend them to wrap, kind of form fit your head. Right. And you'd get like the little fish tanks in the bottom, mm-hmm. and, and I remember those days. Like, I would, dude, I would go back to back, which is every other walk for the entirety of the cemetery open. So I'd do eleven walks 
every work day for like four months before I do three walks in a work set in the winter. Nope. Right. I'll sweat all. Gross. I'll sweat. I'll sweat all day, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we used to talk about people falling out, man. Anytime you have parades and people just standing there for too long, you don't even need heat for people to fall out. Right. You know, people lock their knees and go down. But there were, man, there were days, and you always look for the, you know, the privates and the new people, or, you know, maybe like some of the support personnel that don't go out and do events on a daily basis. They'd get out there and just thunk, thunk, mm. and it just sounds like a sack of potatoes and bayonets going down. It's hilarious. Oh boy. Like, sorry <laughs> for them, but we had, uh, I'll never. In fact, speaking of passing out, so. There was a place, uh, well, there still is, uh, on Fort Meyer where the old guard is. It's called Conmee Hall. Everybody calls it Sea Hall. Mm-hmm. And it's where you can do ceremonies and in inclement weather. It's, you know, it's indoors. Right. And, uh, uh, and it, it, like, it was air-conditioned, but it was still kind of warm. The problem was it was kind of a stale air. So it didn't have to be really hot for it to still be kind of miserable. And there was uh, a lieutenant there, and um, – like if you're if you're enlisted and you're there and you go down, you have to go through retraining and all this other stuff. There was a lieutenant at the front of formation, and this dude just straight buckles and forward like like a falling tree goes face first into this floor. Oh boy! And, and it's like it's called homosote. Like it's it's tough to explain. It's there's a little bit of wiggle room to put punctures in it, so it's not quite concrete. Mm-hmm. But uh, he just thunk, and I mean you don't move. There's some people in the back that are there to you know, come around and, and they went around and, and picked and when they got him, it got him up and got him to the back. Um, there was a little pile of like a little pool of blood right there and a tooth. Jeez. He knocked out one of his teeth going face first into the floor. Good Lord. And, uh, that was the last time any of us saw him because like as an officer, if you fall out in the old guard, you're immediately reassigned. Like you're done. Wow. Um, and then we had, uh, uh, the best one out on Summerall field, the outdoors and mm-hmm. change, change of command ceremonies are nightmares. General officer retirements are even worse because it's a whole huge ceremony. Like everything, you know, you have the, everybody goes out there, the five and drum corps troops, the line or the, you know, the army band troops, the line, and you know, you got to give them his plaques and his awards and this and that. Uh, but then they, this is like their last hurrah and they get up to give a speech. And, man, there's a lot of times they'll get up there and they're really cool about it. Change of commands a lot of times, especially if it's the old guard commander, like regimental commander, mm-hmm. who'll get up there and I'll say, you know, I can't remember what it is. Like policy procedures remain in effect, pass and review. And that's it. Like it literally like takes seven seconds. And you'll hear everybody like rattle rat, rattle their uh, their rifles a little bit. You hear all the bayonets kind of rattling out there. <laughs> um, and that that's every time you get past and review because sometimes it's to wake people up because you'll have dudes straight up zoned out and sleeping on the marks. Mm-hmm. But, man, the general officer retirements, this guy will get up there and be like, you know, I remember in the third grade I had a little Jack Russell turn. And you're like, oh, Dear shit. Christ. Oh, we're <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to die on Summerall Field. Very well. Well, you know what? At least the regiment's formed. We can just go straight to Arlington. Just throw me on the case on, put me in the ground. <laughs> but, uh, but so at the time I was in Continental Color Guard, and the colors are dead center of you know all the formations. Right. So we're we're literally lined up right behind the regimental staff, and we're watching. And uh, I think it was uh, the XO, and. And we're sitting there watching, and you're far enough back. Yeah, you, know, you can have tiny little conversations with each other. Nobody hears it. And, uh, and he starts to go a little bit. One of the guys notices, like, dude, check out the XO. 
And so for the next maybe five, ten minutes, we're watching this guy like just fighting the monkey. Like he's got the monkey on his back, it's pulling down to the ground, and he like sway one way and he kinda straighten back up and then he kinda sway forward and, mm-hmm. and so we're in the back going, Oh ah damn. Oh, oh, oh. and then, then finally he I, he starts going forward, he steps forward, stands straight back up, and then just like pivots and just falls straight on his back. Oh boy. And he's really close to the crowd. Um, so, and you have this adjutant from way over on the side of, uh, of, of Summerall Field that's got to come replace him. But in the meantime, our regimental commander, uh, Colonel Loffenberg, greatest dude on the planet, I would follow this guy anywhere. Um, he, like, ceremoniously goes to attention in the middle of this ceremony because he's got to do something. He, you know, sheaths his saber, ceremonially walks around, takes this ceremonial knee next to this guy like he's laying a wreath. And starts slapping him in the face. Oh boy! Like, and we can hear it. It's like smack, smack. Like trying to get this dude. It's, it's so great. And so, it's, and so they call so you know the reserve kind of you have reserves in the bag just in case you know people fall out. Mm-hmm. So here comes two staff officer, uh, staff NCO, and a staff officer. The staff officer is humping out to get it in place and and take his place in formation. The staff NCO comes out, grabs homeboy by the belt. And just drags him across Summerall Field. It was the funniest crap I'd ever seen. I feel like there was a directive that the Colonel, Colonel Offbird was like, "Dude, if any of you staff officers go down, I'm gonna make you know, I'm gonna make an example of you." Because right. they just straight dragged this dude by his belt. It was hilarious. But uh, good lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer, summertime and heat. Yeah, summertime um, and heat. <laughs> Here we are. But, <laughs> but uh, so so, but the biggest thing I wanted to make sure we got this done, especially since everybody's going on vacations this weekend, and uh, it's been a busy week. But I wanted to get this in because this is kind of like our Memorial Day weekend podcast, right? Right. You know, and you know the three big days are you know, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, July Fourth, right? Those are the three big patriotic holidays. And exactly. now you know to a lesser extent, and unfortunately, September 11th is a, kind of a day of remembrance as well. Mm-hmm. But um. You know, I want to talk a little about a little bit about Memorial Day, and I'm going to preface this um, with one of my biggest pet peeves, and and it's the thank you for your service thing, but that's not my pet peeve. My pet peeve is the veterans that get all pearl clutching, offended. They're like, hey, you don't thank me for my service. Yeah, it's Memorial Day. As yeah, we like to call the bro yeah. vets, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, they are absolutely bro code vets. They're still wearing like 511 tactical pants, you know, working, you know. <laughs> in their regular normal jobs now. Like, we may know a couple like that. <laughs> yeah, you, you just had, like, from, from, a, from like a veteran's perspective or even a soldier's perspective, just be grateful that you have a grateful nation. Right. Like, they're thanking you. And whether they feel obligated or not, they still say because there's some people that refuse to feel that obligation, and, and that's what they think, and they don't like soldiers, and they don't like the troops, and they don't like the military. And that's fine, too, because, I mean, that's why you fight, is so Americans can make those decisions on their own. Exactly. Yeah, which is why I, which is one of, one of my the most fascinating things to me is that, the the world we live in right now, where if we don't share the same opinions, then we can't, you know, we can't even communicate or talk. That's fascinating to me because, there, you, it's you know, there's no way to ever get through problems and address needs without talking to someone that you disagree with. Absolutely. I mean, we that's were, half that's half of arguments on the planet right now. Just if, you know, it needs to happen. Yeah, you if need we, to be if, able to talk. If we were all on the same page, we'd be a communist country. Be boring as and, hell. And not to mention, like, there'd still be a lot of people that wouldn't like that page. They just would get shot if they said something about it. Exactly. So, but anyways, but yeah, like, dude, 
you know, thank you for your service. You know, remember, you know, I, and if you support the troops, I don't care. And the, and the guys that get all boo boo lift about it drive me batty. Mm-hmm. But so Memorial Day, you know, this is this is the weekend where we remember all those who have given their life in service. You know, all those all the fallen brothers and sisters in arms. And uh, you know, this is um, it's an important weekend. Yeah, it's uh, for so many reasons. Like we said, man, this is the opening of summer. It really truly marks, you know, like like we were talking about earlier. You know, school's out for summer. You know, right. this is this is getting your hot rod and peel out of the parking lot because your teachers will forget about it by September. When you come back, you know, you know, this, this is the pools open, you know, get outside, grow with your families because one, one of the biggest things is, you know, knowing the guys that I know that, that have you know, paid the ultimate sac, you know, made the ultimate sacrifice, paid, paid the highest price possible. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, the, they'd want you to go out and be with your family on Memorial day and, and remember those, uh, you know, who made that sacrifice. And, you know, it, this shouldn't, this shouldn't be a, uh, you know, an incredibly somber day or weekend, you know, and, and I, and I get it, man. I've got some veterans where there's a tough, I've got some buddies that is a tough weekend. It's really yeah. a tough weekend. And I get that. Um, and, and I'm there for those dudes. And we always talk on this weekend and, um, but they would still tell you the same, like, even though they're having a hard time with it, you know, they're not going to be the ones that are going to frown on their neighbors, you know, having parties and, and having a huge barbecue. Well, you know, with whatever you know, directives or you're, you're allowed to do, but right. yeah, kids, uh, underneath, you know, underneath COVID guidelines, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, in these uncertain times, <laughs> oh my God, stop. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, you know, the, 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 the sacrifice is made, uh, you know, and and Memorial Day weekend is for the ultimate sacrifice, is so that we can enjoy these freedoms and that we can do these things. And yeah. and and man, it, there's nothing worse than losing a buddy. It, it just period. It, like loss of life always stings somebody, mm-hmm. you know. And and there's you, these guys are these guys and girls are going out and they're and they're laying it on the line. And sometimes they they come back. You know, with stories, sometimes they come back missing some limbs, and sometimes they come back in a box. And it's just the harsh reality of the job, like prof- the profession that they chose. And so that sacrifice for this weekend is one where, you know, I'll, I'll watch the reading of the names, and, and I'll and I'll make sure I reach out to my buddies, and, and and my buddies know that they can always reach out to me because some Memorial Days are harder than others for some people. Um, you know, I've got buddies that there are certain weekends that it's uh, you know it's the anniversary of when their buddy got blown up. And it's you know, it's just a random weekend in March or November, but you know it's it's a it's a remember every day. But you know it's also you know some people like to call it instead of a funeral, it's a celebration of life, right? Right. Like Memorial Day is, is a celebration of of those lives and a celebration of that sacrifice, which is, uh, and people can argue this all they want, but as far as I'm concerned, it is one of the most noble things to truly die for what you believe in. And not to be a martyr or just go out, but to go fight for what you believe in, and and if and if that means that the ultimate price of those actions is your life, it's something that you've come to terms with, but you still believe in what you do, and you believe in your brothers to your left and the right, and that's why you do it. Yeah, and for as young of a nation as we are here in the United States, I mean, we have really definitely grown in in 
our growth for our love for our country and our love for our veterans as well as those that have passed. And, you know, it hasn't always been the case like that. I mean, you go back to Vietnam in particular, you did have a large counterculture group that really felt the need to shame those who went to fight, even though the majority of them that went to fight, maybe necessarily that wasn't something they wanted to do, you know? I mean, you know, they had draft and whatnot going on there. You know? Well, yeah, just just because somebody didn't dodge the draft didn't mean that they wanted to be in Vietnam. No, exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, there were people that were probably vehemently against the war, but they still understood their civic duty. Well, and not to mention, there was a lot of people in that group that felt the need that, you know, this was, you know, my dad fought World War II, his dad fought World War One. This is my war, right? Yeah, and and right. there is that mindset among folks that, you know, this is my war and it's my duty to go and serve for my country and it's a national thing it's a family thing and it's a really special thing for you to have that connection with your country your family and having pride in that and feeling the need to go out and make that sacrifice if need be that's something special and something that i will always appreciate because um you know i i didn't necessarily feel the call um to go do that and I appreciate every single one of them that does it, and I will never shame anybody uh, who feels the need to go out and defend our freedoms ever. Yeah, it's and you know that the Vietnam time is just such a, a fascinating period, just it because is. of it was it was a clash of uh, you know the the Vietnam War and really a, a huge cultural shift in general in the country and how those ended up meshing. So. Yeah, that was it. Was weird because you also had a, you know the anti-war movement that had veterans involved in it, and you see some of that today because this has become such a generational war. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, this this really is kind of quote unquote our generation's war, and um, you know I think you saw, you, I, I patriotism comes in waves in this country. It cycles. Right. Um, you know I, I think, uh, you know obviously around. Uh, Around time of war, obviously the patriotism and the, and the country coming together. Um, but as as things draw out, you start to see fatigue, and it's it's like patriotic fatigue. Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's what we saw in Vietnam, because initially our involvement in Vietnam having to do you know with really just helping the South Vietnamese, and uh, but then it just extended, and more and more you know of of America's children were going to Vietnam and so many of them were coming back and and the way and, and just the way the culture of the country was was shifting and changing not just completely a part of the war just how it was changing right. and then you have this war that seems like I mean like I said I mean the, the dates on the Vietnam unknown crypt are 58 to 75 you know that that that's an incredible length of time to be involved with something I mean look at World War One, 1917 to 1918 World War Two. 41 to 45, at least our involvement in it. Right. You know, and then you have Vietnam, 58 to, to 75. The Korean War, the, you know, the Forgotten War, 50 to 53, there was a lot of disagreement about the Korean War and, and our involvement in it, but it was, you know, it was a, it was a three-year thing. You know, yeah. and there was there was support for veterans. There, there, you didn't see quite the same clash, you know, as you saw in the '60s, because you know a lot of Korean War vets were the World War II guys who literally just saved the world. You know, it's right. It's like the guy, the World War One and World War Two guys. You know, it's like, you know, back to back, you know, world champs. Yeah. Um, and let's not even mention the fact you look at Vietnam. Probably the biggest stickler with it was that we didn't see territorial gains. It was never about that. It was right. Yeah, exactly. it, was, it was more body count. Yeah, the, 
yeah, there, we could do a whole thing on the Vietnam War. Oh, sure. it, was, it was, you know, World War One and World War Two, very specific objectives. Right. And everybody knew them. You know, we we had a bad guy that we were going to go in and, and beat up and kick out, right? Right. And that's where you see with, you know, the Vietnam War, it was assisting a people and not as and it, and it wasn't, you know, the way the, the country saw it, there wasn't a direct specific threat to us. Mm -hmm. or, or a global threat, but we were getting involved in it. And what you see now with OIF and OEF, you know, Iraqi freedom and enduring freedom, which is the Afghanistan side of it. Right. Um, you know, dude, it's just, man, it's, it's just, it's so long. This is a generational war. You're, you're talking about the length of time that, that Vietnam went on. And so you see this patriotic fatigue and, and, you know, the country just kind of, it's not that people are unpatriotic. They just, you know, it, you look walk they down the street. You, you, you don't see as many American flags, you know, flying from people's, you know, houses, and um, and then 9/11 occurs, and you know, everybody is the biggest patriot in the world because unfortunately, it takes something you know bad like that to really truly galvanize a country. I mean, look at World War II. It, I mean, we were, we, we were we were we were yeah we were staying as far away from it as possible, and then it hit then it hit home, and that was it. So. Um, you know, and you see that waning, you know, the, the, of support, and it's it's kind of getting back to that stuff. It's it's one of those, you know, I've said it before. Yeah, you know, September 11th, in and, you know, in and of itself is just such a galvanizing, very specific day. Um, but now we're what 19 years go past. Crazy to and, think about, and, isn't and it? You, and you see just kind of how how the shift, how it kind of all fades away a little bit, you know, and, and a little bit less, a little bit less. And it's one of those charges to, uh, you know, and this, I'll, I'll ring this bell on September 11th. I'll ring it on Memorial Day, Veterans Day, July 4th, you know, live like live your life. Like it's September 12th, you know, when there was just such a need and hope and desire to be helpful to others and what can I do and what can we do and you've got this task force from Texas that goes to New York and you got task force from the West Coast coming in to help and uh, you know everybody it was the feeling of community and nation and togetherness and you know there was every everybody you, know, you probably couldn't find an American flag to, to mount in front of your house and you know it's, it's that pride of country and 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 what you see as it goes along is that that fatigue that they get is because of all the outside stuff that goes on and, you know, all the political arguments and this and that. And, and, and it's weird because for decades and decades, so many, so many countries in the world have done, have wanted to do nothing but poke holes in, in what is the might of America. You know, if that's kind of how you want to phrase it, right. but, but it's weird because now you have, so many Americans trying to poke holes in that too. And yeah. like, bro, we have so many problems and so many things we need to deal with. Like we've, we got to work together and that's where it kind of circles back to Memorial days. We got to be willing to sacrifice. And I'm not saying you got to go out and give your life, you know, in a protest for tax reform or something, you know, it's, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's that willingness to realize, you know, the extent of sacrifice you're willing to make to make your words no longer hollow. Mm -hmm. And that's really what Memorial Day shows us is, and, and the whole, you know, well, anybody can be in the military, you know, blah, 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 blah. And there's a ton of data that I can show you that states that not everybody can be in the military. Right. You'd, be, you'd be really surprised. Um, 
but yeah, they're making a decision, and for whatever reasons, people join the because there's you know college money. Uh, you know, I, I you know I wanted a trade or a skill. Um, you know, just patriotic reason. You know, I wanted to. Um, yeah, I wanted to serve my country. There, there's a ton of reasons and motivations behind people um, joining the military. They have a, a student loan repayment program, you know. Right. So there's a ton of reasons, um, but it gets down to the point where once you've made the decision, that's your lifestyle and that's your profession, and you understand that there are going to be sacrifices. A lot of them personal, you know, not being able to see your family as much. Um, uh, you know, some of them professional. Some people, you know, we we get doc. They have an AMED program. It's it's literally re recruiting doctors to the army, mm -hmm. like people that are already doctors. They bring them to the army. Obviously, they just make army pay, but each specialty also gets an annual bonus in an attempt to somewhat bridge that income gap. Right. And and there there are doctors and there, there's docs out there and and really the whole the whole spectrum of, of, uh, of our medical field, you know, we, the, the army has a veterinary corps, they have a nurses corps. Um, you know, these people are making professional sacrifices to spend some time in the army because no matter what extra bonus you get every year for what you do, like it ain't going to add up to what you make in the private sector. No. It's so, just so, so it's, you know, this is, this is a weekend to, uh, you know, to honor the sacrifices of those who literally, went out ultimate sacrifice and and you know and unfortunately have their names carved in stone somewhere now but it's you know a lot of people just see lists and names and numbers and the one thing you always have to remember you know it's it's just like when you go to you know if you've been to the wall you know the Vietnam wall or, or you've been yeah. to, to ground zero and you and you see those names um, you know maybe you recognize a name or there were this and that but you know, to each one of those names, there's a family and there's friends and they're they're their army buddies and they're you know they're they're Marine Corps buddies and and they miss them and and they, and they were impactful in their lives and uh, you know I I've got buddies that you know the the world is a lesser place because they're gone but but you know what they chose to do and how they chose to do it is absolutely the highest honor and that's that's to you know make the make the ultimate sacrifice for the for the betterment of really society, like your, your country, mm -hmm. your country is your society. You, you, you do things and, and you contribute and the idea is to, to, to all work together under this whole America thing that we've got going on for a couple hundred years. And, and then some are, you know, go, go the extra mile and, and make that sacrifice and some of it willing and some of it, it just you know, there because their decisions putting them in that position and you know that includes our first responders out there law enforcement you know firefighters these are you know they're putting themselves in those positions and it's because other people won't yeah, yeah they, it's not easy they, at all they, to they, do what they do at all yeah. yeah i mean they they answered the call um um and 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 that's really what this weekend's all about so enjoy it like they did that so we can continue to do this that's really the idea behind memorial day and and uh, it, it's I, I think it's it's just so important to one clear the air about the bro vet stuff, <laughs> you know. So it's I you know this is an important weekend for me. It always will be. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I just I hope everybody has a great Memorial Day weekend. I hope you stay safe. You know, don't 
don't add your name to a list of deaths on Memorial Day weekend because you went out and did something stupid. Right. You know, <laughs> don't drink and drive. Don't go do stupid stuff. You know, stay safe. Enjoy, you know, enjoy what little freedoms you have right now because of a pandemic. Right. But, you know, enjoy your ability to get with your family or friends and, and fire up the grill if you got to be under an umbrella or something. But... Um, or if you got money and you got one of those gazebo kind of outdoor kitchens thing, yeah. which is literally one of three goals of my life I'm working towards. But, um, but you know, it's just I, – I hope that everybody has an awesome, awesome Memorial Day weekend. You know, take a quick moment to remember those who voluntarily put themselves into the line of fire, into that position, um, you know, and, and, and ended up making that ultimate sacrifice so that we can continue to enjoy to, uh, you know, our freedoms and, and, you know, it doesn't matter if you think differently. The idea behind the sacrifice is that you can think differently. It's so you can go out on Twitter or Facebook and just rant about anything, even if it's wildly offensive to someone. <laughs> And even if it's directly <laughs> offensive to like a soldier, you can come right. up to my face and you can tell me you don't support the troops. You, you know what? And that's you're right. That's absolutely you're right, man. I mean, like if you come in front of me and like burn a flag in front of me, I, I mean, I'll go to jail. I know some lawyers, but you know, it's just, it's man. And, and the, the whole idea behind that sacrifice is so that we can live in a world or in a country where we can exercise those free thoughts and we can enjoy the company of others. And, and if we can all get on the same page and enjoy the company of others, though they may not think like we do, you know, it's, so that's, that's really what it's about. I have, I, I actually did a little bit of research before this podcast. Oh, and by a little bit of research, I mean, I looked up one thing, okay. but, um, <laughs> Well, there was an old quote, and I've, I've been fortunate to be asked to, to speak uh, like at schools and stuff for Memorial Day and Veterans Day on a handful of occasions. And I love right. it. You know, I love getting to, to go talk uh, about uh, – well, I love to talk, obviously. But you know, oh. talk, talk about service and, and why it's important to me and why I think it, even if you don't serve you know, that profession, that, that, should, that should be important to you or at least respect you know, the decisions that people are making to do so. So Adelaide Stevenson, who was uh, an ambassador of the UN in the early 60s, and I think he was like Governor of Illinois or something like that. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, and and this really kind of goes into that whole instead of riding the sine curve, you know, of patriotism. Right. You know, it, it's this is it's it's an everyday thing, and I and the, I think the more buy-in people have into the success of this country, uh, I think the, the the greater we will continue to become. It's it's got to be a, a a concerted together effort. And so the quote is. And this is, again, it's Adelaide Stevenson. He said, patriotism is not short, frenzied outbursts of emotion, but the tranquil and steady dedication of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, and if, that, if that doesn't really kind of sum it all up to me, it's, it's you know, it's, and even if people serve for three or four years, they don't do a career, it's that dedication. They'll forever be veterans. And, and, the, and to go out and, and, and make sacrifices and make the ultimate sacrifices – um, it's, it's the greatest gift that they never want to give, but are willing to give so to us for our freedom. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. And we do appreciate all of you veterans who may be listening in on the podcast. And of course, yeah, you know what? Thank yeah, you for your service. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. Um, and not to mention, um, we do, uh, 
what you know, as Roy said, we will encourage you to make smart decisions, take care of yourselves this weekend, and of course, uh, enjoy yourselves because that's what it's all about. Enjoy your freedoms. Uh, before we do close out the podcast today, um, we did have our quick little announcement that t-shirt designs are ready to go. Uh, shorts yes. are ready to go. Uh, we finished those up and kicked them over to Roy, and he posted them out to Twitter, and it's a pretty pretty and, good response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I have been in touch with uh, yeah, and we got uh, our our files got crossed, and I was having all kinds of technical issues last night, um, uh, which for me is sometimes like, uh, did you plug it in? But right. um, <laughs> but uh, but yes, yeah, so we're gonna get rolled out. I've been talking to some people about getting the online store up and running and kind of hosted. So we'll run the shorts out. We'll run uh, the shirts that we put out for now. We got a bunch of slogans, so we're just gonna kind of throw some out at a time. Uh, we'll get the shirts up. We'll probably uh, run some stickers out there as well, and probably like some trucker hats. Uh, yeah. So, um, but uh, one. So I'll get I'll get that out, and trust me, as soon as it gets out, it'll come out from the Red Ass Podcast Twitter, and Rob and I will share it out as well, and we'll hashtag like idiots oh, yeah. so everybody sees it. Um, and. Uh, one last thing uh, about this weekend, about staying safe and everything. This is uh, kind of a little personal for me. Um, any veterans out there listening or if you know veterans in your life and you know this is a, a tough weekend for them or, or you just know them and, and, and all of a sudden this weekend they start to get distant or something, uh, there's a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Mm. All right, it's 1-800-273-8255. So it's 800-273-8255. As much as we love this weekend, it's kind of a weekend of, of fun and getting with family and, and trips and vacations. You know, remember those veterans and those first responders who wear this weekend can be a little tougher and have that in your back pocket for them and pass it along. And, and you, know, you know, we're all here to help our friends, whether you're a veteran or not. But if, if you can't do it, you know, pass them on the info and get them some help. You know, make this, this let's not add to any numbers this weekend you know for depression or ptsd or any of that stuff so i don't want to end on a bad note though i just wanted to get that out. i think it's important um i just want to say have a very very happy and incredibly safe memorial day i will be back sunday night so on monday rain or not i will be on my back porch drinking a lot of beer yay that's the way to do it (laughs) i'll be working dad i will be thinking of you while i'm drinking i appreciate that but I'll be doing it from the safety of my own home. So again, yes, do it from the safety of your own home. All right. <laughs> Everybody stay dry out there too. It's supposed to be pretty wet yeah. this weekend in College yeah, Station. Don't forget to bring your booties. Yeah, you'll need yeah. us. Well, hey, once again, uh, make sure you do follow us on Twitter if you don't already. Uh, make sure you follow Roy May fifteen on Twitter, Robert underscore White fourteen on Twitter, along with our Red Ass Podcast Twitter, folks. This has been Red Ass Podcast Episode Seven. Happy Memorial Day. Take care of yourselves. Yeah. Yeah.